next. Michael Audrey Myers shall be tried as an adult for the murder of his sister, Judith Margaret Myers. You fooled them, haven't you, Mike? But not me. It's a holiday you'll remember forever. Halloween night is when people play tricks on each other. What about the boogeyman? Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Seasons don't feel high. Bookie man. Donald Pleasance. As a matter of fact, it was. In a film by John Carpenter. Oh no. Halloween. Next. Hello and welcome to the Happy Halloween Podcast. My name is Tony and I will be your host. And this is your home for all things Halloween. Well, here we are, ghouls and goblins. July. The hottest, stickiest month of the year. At least where I live. But what goes up must come down, right? Autumn will be here before you know it. But in the meantime, we have stores already stocking Halloween merchandise. I'm seeing code oranges left and right on social media. Which leads me to a question. When does spooky season actually begin? For some of us, myself included, it's always spooky season. Some people say September 1st or even autumn solstice. Some other people dare say October 1st. That's way too late. Even though I celebrate it all year, I tend to think August is a good time to get the spooky ball rolling. But I want to hear what you think. You can either email me at thehappyhalloweenpod at gmail.com, or you can join the new Facebook group. You can follow the link in the show notes to join. Speaking of getting in touch with me, if you have a Halloween memory you would like me to share next month, feel free to email it to me. Our first memory this month comes from Josh from the Halloween Nation podcast. I am well known by my friends and family for being obsessed with Halloween. One October, I took all of my nieces and nephews to a haunted attraction called Haunted Forest in American Fork, Utah. They were in their early teens, so it was a fun age to go out to a haunted house. The boys were eager to prove how brave they were and the girls banded close together for shared support in the thrills to come. The ambiance was incredible. It was an outdoor attraction, so we got the crisp of the autumn night air, as well as all the strobe lights and fog machines that you would typically expect from a haunt. Jack-o'-lanterns littered the ground in every unoccupied surface. Some of the more artistic displays that were constructed were very impressive, and the scares they crafted were imaginative and invigorating. For all the bravado while standing in line, none of the kids wanted to be the first to enter the dark woods of the haunt. 
The particular scare that I want to write about is one that lives in infamy among my nieces and nephews to this day. There was a clearing in the wooded path of the haunt, where one of the haunt workers, dressed as a clown, had us gather. Before us was a brightly painted box, a cube large enough for a full-grown man to easily fit inside. On one side of the box there was a crank. You can probably see where this is going. Yes, it looked like a giant jack-in-the-box. The clown instructed us to all sing along with him as he put both hands on the crank and began to turn it over and over. Ready or not, this was happening. The clown began to law out the tune to Pop Goes the Weasel. All our attention was on the box as we tentatively joined in singing along. What terror was lying in wait inside of it? What was going to happen when we hit the end of the song? Finally, our anxiety reached its peak. As we ran out of our lyrical reprieve and loudly shouted, POP! Nothing happened. We hung for just a few seconds in silence. Just long enough for our minds to doubt that something scary was going to occur. Maybe we were okay. While we were all staring at the box in anticipation, suddenly, from only a foot behind us, in the opposite direction from the box, a chainsaw blazed to life. The timing could not have been better. We had not even realized the masked haunter was able to sneak up and get that close. Classic misdirection. The sheer chorus of screams that erupted was deafening. Some of the kids immediately fled in all directions, their instinct for preservation kicking in. A few others froze in their spots and curled up like turtles, waiting for it to be over. The chainsaw man leaped after the gaggle of screaming girls who tripped about and tried to hide behind each other when cornered. All I could do was stand back and laugh out into the night at the childhood trauma being inflicted on my beloved nieces and nephews. Our next memory comes from Leah, also of the Halloween Nation podcast. When I was a little kid, I loved dressing up. I think this is one of my first things I remembered making Halloween so special. I only had brothers, so dressing up throughout the year usually didn't happen, but everyone dressed up for Halloween. We had a costume box, and we could make up our own costumes, or mom would try her best to help us make ourselves whatever we wanted to be. Usually she just kind of decided for us, but when we got old enough, she bowed out of the costuming scene and we were in charge of putting together our own costumes. This was a huge deal to adolescent Leah. I had never put much thought into what I'd wear until a day or two before Halloween, but once I got to start planning my own costumes, I started spending more time on it. I knew the basics of sewing, but didn't have my own machine. To up the ante, we'd just moved to a new town and being a new kid, I thought for sure would make or break my school social standing. Since I didn't think I'd be able to make a costume from scratch on my non-existent budget without a sewing machine, I had repurposed things from the costume box. 
Luckily, my dad had collected all of my aunts and uncles dance and theater costumes from when they were kids, so we had a decent little box. The only problem was that I was 12 and they had been in high school, so everything was a little big. There was this blue dress, big and blue with a giant bow in the back, probably an aunt's or prom dress. I just knew that if I could wear that, everyone was sure to love me. So I decided that I would be the Queen of Candyland from the Candyland board game. She was always my favorite and I could wear my big blue dress. I spent an entire week putting together candy chains that I wrapped up in cellophane and draped around myself. I borrowed my mom's heels, something I'd later regret, and showed up to school as the Queen of Candyland. Nobody got it. And to make things worse, most kids didn't dress up because we were in sixth grade now, and people didn't dress up anymore in this new town. I was devastated. I felt stupid and embarrassed, and kids kept picking candy off me. I called my mom and begged her to let me come home, but she was working, so I couldn't. I returned to the classroom and decided to make the best of it. I took the candy off my dress and started handing it out to my classmates. And guess what? That actually really helped my school's social standing. For years, I really struggled with trying to make sure I never felt that way again. But there was always someone who would say something. I think we all understand that. It's super disappointing when something you put a lot of time and effort into ends up being a flop. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that if you're dressing or doing things to impress others, I think you'll always be a little disappointed. Wear what you want to wear. Be what you want to be. Spend hours on your doll makeup and costume. And then when the cute boy at the dance says, So, what are you, like a princess or something? Wink and say, nope, but good guess, cowboy. And then go dance with your besties. May you love all your Halloween costumes and remember the reason for the season. Bye! Thank you, Leah, and thank you, Josh. Those are two wonderful memories that I was glad to share. Alrighty, let's throw it over to our playlist master, Bob Baker. Take it away, Bob! Thanks, Tony. For today's Halloween Minute... I dug up my compilation from 2009 and have a moldy but ghouly tune from 1972. It's Dancing in the Moonlight from King Harvest. This is another one of those songs on the fringe that some may argue is not Halloween relevant. It's not creepy or scary and it even has like a dreamy happy feel to it. However, the vision of dark creatures celebrating by the light of the full moon is a common image found in mythology, classic novels, and horror films. I always picture the evil beasts in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe rejoicing the night that they kill Aslan. If you listen to the lyrics, they speak of a moon that is big and bright, a supernatural delight, and that those attending don't bark and don't bite. I take that to mean that they will bark and bite, just not when dancing and baying at the moon. Plus, this tune's a treat for your Halloween tricks. Happy Halloween! Everybody.
That was Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest. I've always loved that song. Speaking of Bob, he has started his own podcast called Festive Foreign Film Fans. Here's a quick trailer. Hi, I'm Bob. And I'm Mark. And we are the Festive Foreign Film Fans. Try saying that three times fast. I know. We read your minds. Among all those angry hosts and shows with people doing bad things to each other. Plus the many Tis the Cozy Total Christmas in the 80s podcasts you were thinking. You know, the world needs another Christmas podcast. And why not? All those murderers, they get so many popular shows. But what about Christmas? It never killed anyone. So join us on the 6th and the 25th of each month as we explore our shared humanity and the movies and music of different countries through a common holiday that we all share. And we may offer some relationship advice or even solve a crime or two. Wow! Festive foreign film fans coming in June to a podcast channel near you. Have you ever wondered why bats are associated with Halloween? Did someone say bats? Well, that's the topic of today's Hallowore. The answer is actually pretty straightforward. As we all know, in the days of the Celts, Samhain was celebrated with a large bonfire. Well, these fires drew in the insects from surrounding areas. And bats love themselves a bug buffet. Yes, this is very true. In fact, a single bat can eat up to 1,000 insects an hour, including those pesky mosquitoes. In more modern times, the association between bats and Halloween has been strengthened by vampires. Even though quote-unquote vampire bats only make up about 0.27%, of the 1,100 bat species, they give all bats a bad name. With novels like Bram Stoker's Dracula linking actual bats to fictional vampires. What do you mean fictional? I am very real. I didn't mean you. I meant those other vampires. Ah, okay. As I was saying... With novels like Bram Stoker's Dracula linking actual bats to fictional vampires, which are a horror staple, and horror becoming tightly entangled with Halloween, so have bats. So next time you're having a bonfire, take a look towards the night sky and thank those bats for keeping the bugs away. And for drinking your blood. What? Oh, nothing, nothing. Before we jump into today's main topic, I would like to read some ratings and reviews. But unfortunately, I haven't received any lately. So I want to set a goal that you can help me reach. I would like to get 13 new reviews before Halloween. That is a very obtainable goal, and it would mean so much to me. And don't forget, if you leave a review, I will send you a Halloween slap bracelet. Today's main topic is the story of the Girly Candle Company. And no, it's not derogatory. I'm not calling them little girls. It's G-U-R-L-E-Y, Girly. 
The link between Halloween and candles goes beyond mere decoration. Candles tap into our primal fascination with fire, drawing us into a world where the shadows come alive and imagination takes flight. Their soft, warm glow creates an intimate and cozy atmosphere, perfect for sharing ghost stories, recounting legends, and embracing the spirit of Halloween. Whether it's the comforting glow of a candlelit jack-o'-lantern, the haunting allure of candlelit decorations, or the significance of candles in Halloween rituals, these flickering flames add a touch of magic to the spookiest night of the year. They embody the essence of Halloween, mystery, wonder, and a connection to the unknown. The story of the Gurley Candle Company begins in the small town of Buffalo, New York in 1900, where Franklin Gurley established his first candle-making operation. Inspired by his passion for creating beautifully crafted candles, Gurley set out to produce candles of unparalleled quality and elegance. His dedication to the craft and meticulous attention to detail set the foundation for what would become a cherished candle-making institution. In its early years, the Gurley Candle Company primarily focused on producing traditional tallow candles, which were widely used for lighting purposes. Gurley's commitment to excellence quickly earned the company a reputation for superior craftsmanship and reliability. As demand grew, the company expanded its offerings to include a diverse range of candles catering to various needs and occasions. One of the defining features of Gurley Candles was their intricate and artistic designs. The company's skilled artisans meticulously hand-poured and hand-decorated each candle, infusing them with a touch of charm. Gurley Candles became known for their unique shapes, vibrant colors, and delightful scents, captivating customers and setting a new standard for candle aesthetics. In the 1950s, the Gurley Candle Company experienced a surge in popularity with its introduction of the Novelty Candle. These whimsical creations took the form of holiday figures, animals, and various objects. Gurley's Novelty Candles became cherished decorations, adding a touch of whimsy to celebrations and creating memories for generations. For decades, Gurley candles have held a special place in the hearts of Halloween enthusiasts, casting their enchanting glow on the spookiest night of the year. These meticulously crafted candles have become synonymous with Halloween traditions, adding an element of timelessness and magical ambiance to the festivities. The iconic Gurley jack-o'-lantern candles have become an integral part of Halloween decor. With their playful designs and flickering flames, they bring carved pumpkins to life in a way that only candles can. From their earliest iterations to the present day, Gurley jack-o'-lantern candles have adorned windowsills, porches, and haunted houses, filling the night with a warm, inviting glow that both charms and delights. 
Girly Candles also offer a wide range of Halloween-themed designs beyond the beloved jack-o'-lanterns. Witches, ghosts, black cats, and other whimsical characters grace the candle shelves, each holding a unique allure and adding a touch of magic to the Halloween decorations. The appeal of girly candles extends beyond their captivating designs. The flickering flames of these candles create an atmosphere that evokes nostalgia and sets the stage for ghost stories, costume parties, and trick-or-treating adventures. Their warm glow invites us to embrace the enchantment of the season, provide a sense of comfort and excitement as we celebrate the traditions of Halloween. Throughout the years, girly candles have remained a steadfast companion in the celebration of Halloween. They have witnessed generations of laughter, storytelling, and communal gatherings. Girly's commitment to quality and craftsmanship ensures that each candle continues to capture the imagination and create lasting memories for both young and old alike. The enduring legacy of the Girly Candle Company can be attributed to several key factors. Firstly, its unwavering commitment to quality and craftsmanship have been a driving force throughout its history. The company's dedication to creating candles that exceed expectations and create lasting impressions has earned it a loyal customer base. Lastly, Gurley's ability to adapt to changing times while preserving its traditions has been crucial to its longevity. By embracing new technologies, materials, and designs, the company has been able to stay relevant in a dynamic and evolving market without compromising its core values. Now it's time for something we haven't done in a while. The Frightful Five. On this edition of The Frightful Five, I'm going to list five unique Halloween celebrations from around the world. These are listed in no particular order. Number five. Dia de los Muertos. Dia de los Muertos, also known as the Day of the Dead, is a vibrant and colorful Mexican holiday celebrated on November 1st and 2nd. Rooted in ancient indigenous traditions, it is a time when families and communities gather to honor and remember their deceased loved ones. Contrary to its name, Dia de los Muertos is not a mournful occasion, but rather a joyous celebration of life and a reaffirmation of the spiritual connection between living and the dead. It is believed that during these days, the souls of departed loved ones return to earth to reunite with their families. Preparations for Dia de los Muertos often begin well in advance. Families clean and decorate the grave sites of their ancestors, transforming them into colorful altars known as ofrendes. These altars are adorned with marigold flowers, candles, photographs, food, and personal mementos, all meant to entice and guide the spirit back home. Symbolic offerings such as sugar skulls, and panda muerto, which is a sweet bread shaped like bones, are placed on the ofrendas as a way to provide sustenance to the visiting spirits. Throughout the celebration, families gather at cemeteries where they engage in lively gatherings and remembrance. 
They share stories, sing songs, and laugh together, celebrating the lives of their departed loved ones. The atmosphere is filled with music, dancing, and the sounds of mariachi bands as participants engage in festive processions known as Calacas and Catrinas. Dia de los Muertos is a time to honor and remember those who have passed away, but it is also an opportunity for introspection and reflection on the transient nature of life. It is a celebration of the cycle of life and death, emphasizing the belief that death is not the end, but a continuation of existence. Number four. Chuso. Chuso, also known as the Korean Thanksgiving, or Harvest Festival, is a significant and traditional holiday celebrated in South Korea. It is a time for families to come together, pay respects to their ancestors, and express gratitude for the bountiful harvest. Chuso is deeply rooted in agricultural customs and ancient Korean traditions. It is celebrated on the 15th day of the 8th lunar month, typically falling in September or October. The holiday lasts for three days and is a time when many Koreans return to their hometowns to reunite with their family and honor their ancestral heritage. During Chuso, families gather to perform ancestral rites known as Sungmyo at ancestral gravesites. They clean the gravesites, offer food and drinks, and pay respects to their deceased ancestors. These rituals are seen as a way of expressing gratitude for the sacrifices made by previous generations and seeking their blessing and guidance. Another central aspect of Chuso is the preparation and sharing of a special feast called Cheryet, which consists of various traditional Korean dishes. Families come together to prepare a wide array of food, including rice cakes, Korean pancakes, and various vegetable and meat dishes. This abundant spread symbolizes the harvest and the blessings of plenty. In addition to the ancestral rites and feasting, Chuseok also features traditional cultural activities and games. Families participate in activities such as folk dancing, wrestling, and archery. These activities serve as a way to foster unity, promote community spirit, and celebrate Korean cultural heritage. Chusho is a time of reflection and gratitude and reverence for Koreans. It is a cherished holiday that emphasizes the importance of family, community, and ancestral connections. Through the various customs and traditions observed during Chusho, Koreans honor their past, celebrate the present, and express hopes for a prosperous future. Number 3 Mischief Night Mischief Night, also known as Devil's Night, is an informal tradition observed in some regions, particularly in parts of the United States and United Kingdom. On the night before Halloween, October 30th, it is a night when young people engage in pranks, mischief, and sometimes minor acts of vandalism. Mischief Night has various forms and traditions depending on the location. It typically involves harmless pranks such as toilet papering trees and houses, soaping windows, or knocking on doors and running away. In some cases, it may include the harmless use of firecrackers or creating small bonfires. While Mischief Night is often seen as an opportunity for playful tricks and harmless mischief, 
It is important to note that any destructive or harmful acts are not condoned and may be illegal. It is crucial to respect the boundaries of property and ensure the safety and well-being of others while participating in any activities associated with Mischief Night. It's worth mentioning that the observation of Mischief Night is not a universal practice and is more prevalent in certain communities or regions. Therefore, the extent and nature of Mischief Night activities can vary significantly from place to place. Number two. The Hungry Ghost Festival. The Hungry Ghost Festival, also known as Ghost Month, is a traditional Chinese festival that takes place on the 15th day of the 7th lunar month. This month is believed to be a time when the gates of the spirit realm open, allowing deceased ancestors and wandering spirits to visit the living world. This festival holds a deep significance in Chinese culture and is based on the belief that during this period, hungry ghosts roam the earth in search of food, attention, and redemption. The festival is an opportunity for families to pay respects to their ancestors, offer prayers and offerings, and alleviate the suffering of these restless spirits. Throughout the Hungry Ghost Festival, various rituals and ceremonies are performed to honor and appease the spirits. Families may set up elaborate altars at home or visit ancestral gravesites, where they offer food, incense, and other symbolic items to their departed loved ones. These offerings are believed to provide nourishment and comfort to the spirits. The festival also features vibrant performances, including Chinese opera, music, and dance. The purpose of these performances is to entertain and please the spirits, as well as bring communities together in a spirit of unity and celebration. One distinctive feature of the Hungry Ghost Festival is the staging of good high performances, which are outdoor concerts held in various neighborhoods. These shows feature live music, singing, and theatrical performances, attracting both local and wandering spirits alike. Another important aspect of the festival is the burning of joss paper, or spirit money. It is believed that these offerings, when burned, will reach the spirits in the afterlife, providing them with material wealth and blessings. Throughout the month, people take precaution to avoid displeasing or attracting unwanted attention from the roaming spirits. It is common to see people avoiding outdoor activities at night, refraining from swimming, and avoid taking photos or looking into mirrors after dark. Overall, the Hungry Ghost Festival is a significant and spiritually meaningful occasion in Chinese culture. It combines reverence for ancestors, respect for the spirit realm, and the sense of unity within the community. It allows individuals and families to honor their heritage while seeking blessings, protection, and harmony in the spirit world. Okay, so far I know I've probably butchered a lot of these words, but this one I could not look up because I can't figure out how to put an umlaut over a U. So here we go. Number one. Fest in Retzerland, or Pumpkin Festival in the Retzerland region, is a lively celebration that takes place in the Retzerland area of Lower Austria. The festival dedicated to the beloved pumpkin showcases the region's agricultural heritage, 
culinary delights, and cultural traditions. The festival typically occurs in the autumn months when the Retzerland region is abundant with vibrant pumpkin fields. It serves as a platform to highlight the diverse uses and creative expressions related to this versatile vegetable. During the pumpkin festival, visitors can immerse themselves in a festive atmosphere filled with colorful pumpkin displays, pumpkin-themed decorations, and the delightful aroma of pumpkin-inspired dishes. The festival offers a range of activities and attractions for all ages to enjoy. Visitors can also explore the pumpkin market, where local farmers proudly present their finest pumpkins, offering a variety of shapes, sizes, and colors. It's a great opportunity to purchase fresh, locally grown pumpkins and other seasonal produce. Culinary enthusiasts can indulge in a wide array of pumpkin-based treats and delicacies, such as pumpkin soup, pumpkin strudel, pumpkin seed oil, and pumpkin-flavored beverages. The festival provides an opportunity to savor traditional and innovative recipes that showcase the versatility of this beloved vegetable. Throughout the event, there are often lively entertainment options, including live music performances, traditional dances, and pumpkin carving demonstrations. Families and children can participate in pumpkin carving contests, face painting, and various games and activities designed to celebrate the spirit of the season. The Pumpkin Festival offers a glimpse into the region's rich cultural heritage and agricultural traditions. It showcases the beauty and bounty of the pumpkin harvest, bringing together locals and visitors alike to celebrate the autumn season and the agricultural legacy of the Retzerland region. Whether you're a pumpkin enthusiast, a lover of regional cuisine, or simply seeking a fun, festive experience, the Pumpkin Festival in Retzerland promises an enjoyable celebration of all things pumpkin. Alright, ghouls and goblins, I gotta keep it honest with you. I totally forgot to script out the news. So guess what? We're gonna do it on the fly. On July 7th, photos from the set of Beetlejuice 2 were released. And really that's all I'm gonna say about that because I'm trying to keep that as spoiler-free as possible. Home improvement chain Lowe's announced their launch dates for their Halloween merchandise. On July 17th, they will be putting out their animatronics, and the rest of the merchandise will follow on August 14th. Spirit Halloween has announced that they're bringing back the scary sitting scarecrow animatronic. Sitting at four and a half feet tall and motion sensor activated, the 2023 edition features the same pop-up motion and audio as the previous release sitting scarecrow. You can get it now at their online store. And lastly, another story from Spirit Halloween, they've announced this year's bobbleheads. We're getting a Michael Myers behind the clothesline. We're getting Sam from Trick or Treat with half his face showing. Also from Trick or Treat, we're getting the little boy in the paper bag that was in the school bus massacre scene. We're also getting Regan from The Exorcist 
spider crawling down backwards on those stairs. Then there's going to be the ghost face holding the knife from the Scream franchise. We got little Georgie with his arm missing from it. A killer clowns from outer space bobblehead. A Hannibal Lecter tied to the dolly with his face mask on. And finally, from Corpse Bride, we're getting the Scraps the Dog bobblehead. First up in this month's music showcase is Jason Ruined My Halloween by Bankrupt. Dean Glitter with Skin and Bones. There was an old woman of skin and bones. This is the Headless Horseman by K-Star. goblins that's going to wrap it up this month next month's episode is going to be very special because next month is our one year anniversary it's hard to believe it's already been a year 
I would love it if you guys played a big part in next month's episode. So anything that you want to share about Halloween, feel free to send it to me. If you want to record yourself talking, by all means, go right ahead. I would love to have you on the show. If it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be here doing this, and I love making this podcast for y'all. If you get a chance, please leave a rating or a review to help more people find the show. Also, if you enjoy the show, just share it with a friend. Sharing is caring. You can find me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at the Happy Halloween Pod. You can join our Facebook group, just search the Happy Halloween Podcast, or just follow the links in the show notes. If you would like to show your support, you can join our Patreon and get some great rewards, or you can just head over to Etsy and search the Happy Halloween Podcast and check out my merchandise. Until next time, Happy Halloween! Horseman needs a head With a hip, hip, hip And a clippity-clop Why, he's out looking for a head to chop So don't stop to figure out a plan Cause you can't reason with a headless man With a hip, hip, hop And a clippity-clop Look out! We know what we're talking about Believe me You better watch your cues But take a look at the people who ignored the old good book. Change your ways, you'll find it pays. Cause you can't be a haint if you ain't kind of crazed, I guess you'd say. Take our word, we know what we're talking about. You know, this is a pretty spooky thing we're doing here. You don't mind if I turn on another light, do you? Hmm?